Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And so, God, can you imagine the shock, David? Can you imagine the shock of firing off the gun and realizing that you just killed somebody and everyone around you is panicking and freaking out and you're just like... Well, that's, first of all... That's so fucking ridiculous in the first face that that first place that even if it's a prop gun, right? The fact that they have live rounds there, it should never fucking be on set. Like, right? Like, why the fuck is there a live round on set? That's wild to me. Yeah, they said they were doing target practice or something. In five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. We have a very, very special returning guest once again. We have big. Boss Bows. Can I just say that? Do you know the origin of that name at all? No. It was supposed to be a joke because because like I'm four foot eleven, hence the big. Not true. And then Boss, I made that when I was entry level at Smosh, so it was funny because I was I was like the most entry level person. So it was okay. Big Boss Bows. It was supposed to be a joke the whole time, and nobody fucking knows. Every, okay. Like I mean, I don't I don't know. Like I I think that like everyone actually thinks that I think I'm like a badass. Like this a fucking big conceited fucking bitch. God, dude. Oh, we that need makes- to talk about your fucking prison life right now with your <laughs> seventeen tattoos. No, but you know what we really need to talk about, David. The show. Our show. Our show. Our live show. 
I was gonna, like, I wanted to like grab your hands like that. Be like, oh, <laughs> Let's do it, bitch. <laughs> Fucking pussy on pussy. Let's do it, dude. Look, LA kind of opening back up. Well, except for like for the show, you have to have your COVID vaccination card. Like you have to have it, or you have to have some kind of digital thing or something like that. But as long as you have it, come on, get in here, enjoy the show. Like, bro, I I've been so excited for this for like. Honestly, David, I've been excited for this for like a year or two. Like ever since I worked at Live Nation, I always wanted to do a live show. Bro, I need to be on a stage. It's fun. Like, I, listen, Genius Brain has never done a live show. So this is, what, you know, this is the best way to fucking do it. Yes. I'm super excited. I've, I've not too many people do live podcasts. And I've been asking like advice from other people. They're like, we don't know. <laughs> oh, easy. They, they've done it. They're like, we don't know what works. We're, we're just putting it live and everything's so fucking new. The, mm-hmm. nobody knows what they're doing right now with it but so. i mean like it's fun like i mean like really the show is gonna be well i have some segments for us david i've already planned some it. things out david's letting me run everything so i want it to be super fun it. my goal is to always make sure everyone's having really fun like a lot of fun so i think it's gonna be sick but yeah it's mostly gonna be us doing this except in person and like the room is really big we ain't gonna sell this whole room out okay like <laughs> that ain't gonna happen i was i was on the email with them i'm like can y'all close off the balcony but honestly dude i could yo when we we sold out the front row in like the first 30 minutes Minutes. I yeah. could not fucking believe it. A lot of the tickets are gone though. Like, Dude, yeah. I ah! yeah. thank you guys. Oh my god. I'm, I'm like, I keep waving and then like my like fat is jiggling here and then my Girl, tattoo. Let me show you my fat, man. I've been getting mad chunky lately. This COVID weight has got my ass. Man. Really? Well, I was looking at old videos. So, you know what I hate about YouTube? It catalogs your life, specifically your weight. And so, like prior to COVID, before I was doing all the food stuff, I was kickboxing all the time, jujitsu, doing all yeah. sorts of shit. And then you don't realize how much weight you gain because it happens so slowly. Mm-hmm. And then recently, I, <laughs> I had to go to a wedding and I tried to put on this suit. That button was going to blast the fuck off. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I just pictured it. No, like it. It When I went to the wedding, I couldn't button the suit. So I had three days before the wedding was actually there because I, had, I was a part of the, the, the party. So he said, I starved myself for three days <laughs> just so I could sit, fit into this fucking suit. And it was so hot in Sacramento that by the time the wedding hit, I sweated all my fat off just barely sweated. enough where I could fucking sit, fit that suit. Fucking Bare- COVID. David walking around the, the wedding like this. No, for, I, I, was, <laughs> I was mad stiff. They're like, yo, what's wrong with this guy? It's hey, like, it's for your safety. David, your posture's gotten better. <laughs> it's for your safety. It's for your safety, cuz. How you been? <laughs> But why you get so many tattoos for though? <laughs> oh, oh shit, dude! I okay, I yeah, I kind of did go a little ham with it. I, I got the you f- had zero fucking tattoos the last time I saw you. I'm here for Genius Brain to catalog my life. Like, dude, I definitely come here through phases of life, and that's why I came back so soon because now I'm a jailbird. But the last time it was maybe a couple of months ago. People usually get one, they chill out for a little bit, and they no. get another one. You got fucking four. Okay, so this isn't that interesting, but just to explain it, so I didn't get tattoos for like, like, I I think I got one when I was 18, then I didn't get any for like 11 years. Where's where's that one at? um, I have one on my back. Oh. Yeah, I have a tattoo on my back that says vicious. I'm not kidding. I don't give a fuck. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's like, you're going to regret that. And then we'll get there. But like, so for many years, and actually I'll talk about this because probably a lot of other people like me too. My mom was like, what? She would like shame me for tattoos. Like, why did you get, she would like be really disgusted or, you know, people would be like, oh, you need to get a job, all this kind of stuff. And then, um, so I, I got really scared to get tattoos because I didn't know what my trajectory was going to be. And then my YouTube channel kind of blew up. And then I got like some other offers and some other things. And I'm like, okay, so I am doing this forever. So I finally just got the tattoos that I've always wanted. So the reason I got so many so fast is because these are all tattoos that I've wanted for the past 10 years, but I was too scared to get. 
And then I just fired off and got everything I wanted. Well, you got to explain them because they look intricate as fuck. Dude, that's the other thing, too. I'm so happy I waited until I was in my late 20s to get tattoos. So you could afford a good I tattoo. I could afford good ones. Yes. This shit is fucking expensive, David. Hold on. Can you look at these? Bro, look at this one. Like, well, actually, it's behind, like, the plastic. But you can Yo, that's just crazy. Isn't that insane? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then this one, this was the first one. Fucking nuts. Same chick that did this one. And then, like, this one. How? This one's peeling. But you can just see, like, all the fine lines like that. The thing about tattoos, I don't understand how people... I can't draw on fucking paper. How Yo, the fuck do people do that say, on skin? This is my mask because on the camera, it looks like I just left my drawers. Yeah. <laughs> it does I was like, it Yo, what the like, where else did you get a bro, tattoo? this is my... <laughs> Just uh, yeah. real quick. This is my mask, y'all. That, that'd be weird if it wasn't. I'm sorry, David. You're like, how both. much did they cost? How much? Did, first of all, I don't even know how much tattoos cost because I've never had one. Honestly, it, these were pretty expensive because of how intricate they were. Well, yeah, because they look gangster as fuck. Well, <laughs> if you want any for the video, like the higher quality ones, so people can see though. But this one cost me about seven hundred dollars, which is quite a bit. But for something I'm gonna mm. have forever, I want it to be beautiful. Yeah. I want it to be like artful, you know. Um, this, this text one that I got, this one was only like 300, but it was done by a really good guy that does like single needle pokes. <laughs> That's the most gangster fucking phrase. <laughs> Why the fuck did you get that on you? That's just so threatening. No because, prisoners, no mercy. Because I mean it. Oh my. I, I told, I told you this, David. Like, I mean, I mean that shit. Like I'm, dude, you know me. I'm ride or die. I'm ride or die as yeah. fuck. Right. And it's like, once I connect with somebody and I'm like, okay, we good. We good. Great. But if something happens and you don't want to be here anymore. If you don't want to ride anymore, I'll double check with you and then we're done. Yeah. And like, that's, you know, that's what I, I mean, that's how I am. But you're like that too. Yeah, but I don't know if I could get a tattoo on it because that should make me nervous. Yeah. I feel like when they put that on me, people are like, oh, you down to fight? And I'm like, no, man, it's just cute. I am. <laughs> I know you are, you <laughs> fucking scrappy little bitch. The well, fuck? To be fair, that one looks painful. That one this, looks this fucking one, painful. Dude, this one did. It did hurt. But I mean, we did That's it. Scary I got as hell. What is that? But, so, okay. Let me tell you what this is, though, because it's actually kind of crazy. So this is a tattoo of Anna Varney Cantadia, who's the lead singer of this gothic rock band called Sephora Turnus in the Ensemble of Shadows. Now, let me tell you why. This, <laughs> this bitch just said 18 words. That right? I don't know what the fuck is okay. going on. <laughs> She's a musician, right? Okay. Now, let me say this. Homegirl, she came out in the 80s in Germany as transgender. That is the most gangster shit I've ever heard. Like in the 80s, bro, in Germany. But trust me, she went through a lot. And so all of her pain that she went through, she translated into her music. And it is some of the most, it's gothic. So like if people don't like that kind of stuff, like whatever. But um, th- her pain is in all of her music and it is beautiful. And like, I love true artists. Like I love them so much. And so like, this is like the strongest woman in the world to me. So I want to pay homage. Damn, dude. So you actually get tattoos that have like legit fucking meaning. Like it's important to you. Lot, oh, yeah. A lot of people don't do that now. They just get some random cute shit and they go, why did you get that? They go, it was cute. Like, oh, I, I mean, yeah, I've been thinking about well, this shit. Or what, like, are the, what are those then? Explain those ones. <laughs> so this one's a this one's more of like a religious, but also an occult piece. I've talked about this before. I have a lot of religious trauma. Religious trauma has defined my entire life. And a lot of times... When people are hurt by something, they try to take the power back from it. So my way is adorning myself with kind of Christian symbolism. And I plan to have a lot more of it as well. Um, And then this one is a plague doctor. Do you know what plague doctors were? I know. David, let me like this is all like this just is crazy. But also they look badass as fuck, right? You can't stop looking. Dave, you like my ink? Thank you, Dave. They look they look like art pieces. 
Damn, that's so interesting. Thank you so much. See, isn't it sick? I waited till I was older. Yeah, because like, all the homies who got like tattoos when they were 17, they look like 17 year old tattoos. Right. And they took up all the good real estate. And like yeah. as much as I want to get more, I want to like wait a minute because like what if I have more ideas and get more into the tattoo artistry? I love the spacing on these ones. Wait, I'll show you guys a little bit. Yo, I was this dude the other night. He was like, this is giving me Angelina Jolie vibes. And I was like, thank you. Now he's trying to fuck for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let me tell y'all about the plague doctors, though, okay? So, back in, way back in the day when the bubonic plague, bubonic, bubonic plague was happening, right? They, they're like, everybody's getting sick. And they're like, oh, shit. And the doctor's like, yeah, let's check this out. And then they're like, oh, everybody's dying. The bubonic plague was not playing around. Every single person was fucking dying. Be- people already weren't showering back then. Dead bodies everywhere, decomposing, all this shit, right? And so, the doctors, they go into the councils, like the government, and they're like, yo, <laughs> let's level here for a second we're the doctors we have all this information we can't go out there because if we die you guys will lose all all the medicine so we've got a solution we'll get some of the villagers we'll teach them about medicine and then we'll send them out so then they found people that were willing to risk their lives to learn to possibly be doctors to learn from these doctors and then if they survive then maybe they will become that but the main goal of the main thing of the plague doctors unbeknownst to them was really for death tolls so what they did was they took these untrained people and kind of told them hey here's how you heal the plague and then let us know how many people are dead and they would send them in with these masks that that thing with the beak yeah yeah yeah. and at the end of it because I said the the smell of the human bodies was it was terrifying to people like uh, that uh, the flesh that was like dying. So they would put incense at the end of that beak so that they couldn't <laughs> smell it as much. And the plague doctors could go around and kind of do their thing. So that's just kind of so that's what that fucking beak was for. Yeah. It, it had, just had incense like, in it. Oh, my God. So, yeah. That's just creepy as fuck. I love it, though. Is it not? Bro, it's hard as fuck. <laughs> How long did they take each? How long does it take? So this one took about six hours. Um, and then the, I'll send you pictures of these, by the way. And then, the, yo, this one was eight hours because it was like very delicate. And then here, I want to get like an impressionist portrait, like a painting in here. Like, oh, was, so that's not done yet. Well, yeah, oh yeah, I'm gonna add something to it, bro. Yeah, I'm. How many tattoos are you gonna get? I don't know. I just I another thing too. I'm in love with people's art lately, and there are so many tattoo artists that are like true artists. I want to start combining travel with getting like a tattoo so like there's some people that are like out in like copenhagen or like korea that are like the best fucking tattoo artists like their work is just so insane and unique and so i would love to make it a thing like oh i might go travel here and then i also get a tattoo by like this crazy artist and stuff so how do you have a conversation with your mom who already hates you getting tattoos from you going to like one on your back to like 70 well, also, look, my mom, she gonna have to deal with it, too, because I told her the other, I told her <laughs> like a month or two ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At first, first she had to deal with the boots. And then like a month ago, I called her. I was like, hey, mom, I went on a date with a girl last night. And she was like, OK, did you have fun? And I was like, bro, we made it. We made it. She's not freaking out about shit anymore. No, no, not anymore. She's really not. I wonder what that switch was for her, though. Like, what made her just be like, you know what? Because clearly I'm doing things right. I mean, did your parents not have that, like, flip, too? Oh, we got into battles, though. Like, battles. Like, screaming battles. Like, it took a a lot of, like, fighting and not talking to my dad for, like, a whole year. He kicked me out of the house type of deal. Oh, shit. But how good are you guys now? Like, if you went on a date with a man and you called him, would he be like, okay, David? Oh no! If I told him I went, if, if, 
if I, no, there yet. We're not at that point yet. Like, if I call my dad, like, look, dad, I'm giving some fresh dick right now. Like, he's not. He's not <laughs> you don't have to say fresh. No, I gotta say it like that. I'm, say gonna, fresh. I'm getting fucking squeaky clean dick right now. <laughs> my dad's like, what are you having for dinner? Penis. And I just hang up. No, I'm not gonna. <laughs> my dad, because my dad's still, uh, he's still a pastor. <laughs> David, his dad hangs up the phone. Yeah, he's just gonna die. He's like, what? Wait. <laughs> no. He's like, he's not having that type Those of shit. Those were his last words. I know. <laughs> like if I I'm I mean me doing comedy and you know being who I am right now is already kind of hard for him to handle, you know, and he just got okay with that. If I threw in the gay thing in there, he's definitely killing himself. <laughs> like if I if I if I turned out to be gay, I got to keep that shit to myself for the sake of him living. Bro, it's it's still sad too cuz like we accept it obviously, but like our parents were like, "Okay, all right. You know what? Why don't we just let them move on <laughs> but my my mom's like okay fine whatever you want to do now so I'm does she really, still does she still go to church oh yeah she's my mom my mother is a god-fearing christian oh she's like one of those people oh yeah oh yeah yeah she she's never try to be like but you know oh my whole life why you think i'm about to get all these religious tattoos bro but you hey look now the, the bank rolling in mom where you want to go you want to stay in virginia you're gonna be in la when you're 80 huh let's play nice <laughs> she's like <laughs> you're gonna go to hell it's like do you know how much i'm making yeah. you know hell's temporary you know you, yeah. <laughs> you might be able to talk to say concept you a, it's just a theory that's crazy though that's i mean people who are hyper religious really don't accept that yeah i know i know but so i'm shocked yeah but it's also i don't know i feel like angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well i absolutely love this because you know if you own a home it can be really hard to maintain it's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small well whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality it can be hard just to know where to start but now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. My lovely genius brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by Fume. Ever try to break a bad habit and felt like you're climbing Everest and flip-flops? Yeah, we've been there too. But here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. It's not about giving up. It's about switching up, baby. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. What is Fume, you ask? Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy that makes replacing your bad habit easy. I keep one in my car just because I'm a fidgety guy. And guess what? I'd be puffing on that delicious herbal tea vapor, my friends. Nothing bad for you in there. And definitely, definitely 
fun to use. My friends, start the year off right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash genius and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving the listeners of the show 10% off when they use my code genius to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Start the good habit at tryfume.com slash genius to save 10% off the journey pack today. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Daily Harvest, my friends. For me, this time of the year usually means getting back into a busier schedule. You know what happens in the holidays. You get busy. And the last thing I want to do is worry about having bomb-ass food that's good for me that's going to take forever to make. Well, Daily Harvest helps fix that problem in my life. Daily Harvest delivers delicious harvest bowls, flatbread, smoothies, and much, much more. Organic fruits, baby. Vegetables. Oh, guess where? Right to your freaking stupid door. That's right. We're talking about convenience. Listen, if the food services that I'm getting isn't convenient and it doesn't taste good, I don't want it. Well, Daily Harvest clicks and checks those box. Specifically, I love me their spinach flatbreads. That spinach flatbread is fire. Not only is it fire, it's super easy to make because it's already done for you. And guess what? I know it's going to taste good because I trust Daily Harvest. The, all the delicious foods are built on whole organic fruits, vegetables that conveniently stays fresh in my freezer. So it's ready when I'm ready. That's right. Biatch. Enjoy this time of year even more like I do with Daily Harvest. Go to dailyharvest.com slash brain to get up to $40 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash brain for up to $40 off your first box. Dailyharvest.com slash brain. David, what you been up to lately? Me? Tell me something crazy. Nothing crazy much. What's the last thing that made you mad? <sighs> Everything. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> dude, that seems like such an easy question for us. But I I'm know. like, where do we start? You know what's been really fucking irritating me, though? Like, <laughs> so I, I felt, I thought I had COVID like a couple of weeks ago, right? So I was like, oh, shit, I got the vid. Anytime I feel sick, I feel like I got the vid. The vid. The vid. The vid. I got the COVID. Got the vid. So <laughs> I felt like I had the COVID. So I'm going there. I got checked like three or four times within the span of a week. I don't have it. And, you know, now it's like mentally starting to fuck me up. Yeah. Because I, I think I have COVID. And then, you know, I go to the, my primary care doctor. He's like, listen, you don't have fucking COVID. Stop coming here. You know, I'm like, listen, one more time. Just swap my asshole real quick. Just, <laughs> I got to know. But then. David, we don't have to go through the ass. <laughs> I just, it's just my preference. No, put it. Open me up. <laughs> So I, uh, during this time, well, I felt a little funky and what it was, I was just, I was just fucking exhausted, right? Cause I was just doing too much shit. So I'm like, okay, I just got to sleep and rest the shit off. Well, during this time I started going through the internet. I don't really watch YouTube videos much like that. Okay. But for some reason on my feed, all this like political stuff started popping up, which is not stuff that I normally look at. But one of the things that started irritating me was how people, uh, debate. Have, huh. have you seen these like political debate videos? Oh, yeah, of course. It's kind of crazy how like young college students will debate people. You know, and it's always like the right versus the left type of stuff. Right. And how they come there to debate somebody, but they come completely unprepared with facts. Oh, man. OK, so one of my one of my really good friends, his, uh, <laughs> his name is Destiny. He's been doing like politics and like debates and everything like that for like 
like fucking 10 years on the internet. Mm-hmm. Bro, he literally just like decimates anybody. But I, when I started watching those things, I noticed, okay, so there's this one debate of these two people about veganism. Mm-hmm. And really all it is is the battle of the egos, okay? They just collect a little information and then it's like you get lucky if this if, if person A collected this information that counters person B and they get so excited because they got that gotcha moment. Yo, I, I'm tired of people's gotcha moments. Like, mm-hmm. shut the fuck up. Like, they're so excited to win. Yeah. Like, I, and, and I'm, I'm, dude, I am so, I hate that shit. I hate, it. I'm not into the debates. One, one of the biggest things that I saw, and I'm pretty sure people know about this, but you know, you know who uh, Jordan Peterson is? Yeah. So Jordan Peterson, he was having a debate with uh, somebody from the UK. I, she, this is the video that blew him up. Oh, I know exactly. I've you know which seen video. that video several times. I only saw that a few weeks ago. Really? And I was like, okay. It was just a small snippet. I was like, let me see the whole interview. So I watched the whole thing from from beginning to end. What did you think? I never wanted to slap somebody so fucking hard in my life. (laughs) This woman had lost her mind. She was sober. You know what? So what you're saying is, so what you're saying, it's literally the most childish debate tactic I've ever seen from an adult who's supposed to be of higher intellect. She like went in with like, I've got four different avenues for a gotcha moment. She she was like sitting there beforehand, shuffling a paper. She was like, I'm going to decimate this little asshole when he comes in. (laughs) And then he comes in and she's like, hi, Dr. Jordan Peterson. She's just like got all of her gotcha moments ready, but he's just there to have a conversation. Yeah. Like that, you know. That was the interesting thing, right? Because I think Jordan Peterson, like I don't know anything about Jordan Peterson. Yeah. See, and also I'll say this. David and I are talking about a video that came out years ago i keep looking at the monitor and not the camera but david and i are talking about a video that came out years ago since then he's had a lot of controversy i personally have not kept up with jordan peterson in the past two or three four years david obviously clearly hasn't either <laughs> we are just because i know that there's some kind of shit going on with him right now but i just want to be like we don't even know we're yeah. just talking about that one I'm video but let's keep talking about that yeah, video because that, that shit's mad funny it was so funny because it would i just don't expect that from somebody <laughs> to, who has like a political platform to come so unprepared <laughs> You know what I mean? Also, too, by the way, this is this is literally what she was doing. It was like so Jordan Peterson would be like, I don't know. The sky is green. So what you're saying is blue is for racist. <laughs> That's exactly what it was like. And it's like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Wait, wait, wait. Give me give me like a random line. And I see whatever answer like her. Like, just give, give me like a random thing. Okay. You mean what Jordan Peterson yeah, would yeah. say? Okay. I believe that men and women are equal. So what you're saying is that you want to kill. So what you're saying is, is that women are only equal to men if men exist and women can suck dick. <laughs> Dude, that lady that I, I think, you know what it was, though? It was her coming into it with the overconfident like she beforehand. And also, I, I want to say that interview was in like 2016, maybe or 2017. Yeah. I mean, it was in the height of Me Too and everything. And the pendulum was swinging hard that way. However, you know, as ridiculous as a lot of things were that were going on back then were. Um, it is a good thing because the pendulum da- has to swing like hard left or hard right, like to make a change in something. Right. And then eventually it starts to level out. And I do feel like we're starting to like level out from that whole era, too. Yeah, it's this weird idea of I think we're in this weird space where the idea of somebody having an opposing thought is considered uh, like violence now. Like <laughs> no, that's like the hot word. Like and I was, you know, obviously I'm going through this rabbit hole. Right. And I'm watching like all these videos from. You know, people on the political left destroy somebody for the political right. And I'm watching these vid- and both of them do this thing where they specifically choose the the idiots of the other side to debate, which is kind of dumb. Like, you know what I mean? 
the, sometimes sometimes they can't find people that accept it that will actually do it that are on the other side. The, like the simple thing of like just having somebody exist that can disagree with you bothers people. And I don't understand what the fucking problem because is. Because a lot of people, so those beliefs they have, they tie their ego and their identity to those beliefs. So mm-hmm. when you attack those beliefs, they feel like you're attacking them and they have to defend them at all costs. I'm not saying it's, it's accurate. That's so stupid. I would never tie my identity to a belief because then you're basically saying it's going to make it eight times harder to change that belief later. And I've yeah. changed so many thoughts. Like five years ago, I used to hate cats. I love my fucking tank of a cat. <laughs> I love that man now. I was literally just crushing his head like that. I love cats now. And, and five years ago, I would, you know, I didn't like animals a long time ago because like I had my own problems and like I didn't, you know, this was such a weird thing. I felt like um, I was like unlovable and I didn't deserve love. So it bothered me when animals would come to me. So I would reject the animals. You need another tattoo for that. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> so, that's what these are all for. That's right? fucking crazy. But that, I know some people are like that. I mean, David, I have PTSD. Okay. My brain's like all kinds. You of have any up. idea how fucking loving animals are like that stupid ass <laughs> dog outside. When, now, I, yeah. when I was feeling under the weather, like I couldn't figure out why this dog wouldn't stop cuddling me. And I, I have like it, I get hot. So I'm like, get the fuck away from me. Like, I'm pushing this dog away. But I think it could sense that I wasn't feeling well. So it kept on sleeping next to me. And I and I clicked in my head because my dog back at home would always do that. Whenever I was sick, it would always come close to me and snuggle, try to keep me warm. And so that's what that dog was doing. And I was over here, you know, slapping the shit out of it. Like, get the fuck away from me. But it was trying to show me love. I help you. That's so good. Yeah. Like, now I'm like, I'm all about receiving love and giving love. I, all about it. Before I wasn't. But yeah, I love animals now too. But yeah, people don't. That'd be so weird to tie your whole identity to those beliefs. And, and then. You know, and I, and I saw this a lot with like, and I think the reason why this stuff started popping up was because I. I'm pretty sure it was because I was watching all these videos about the Dave Chappelle special and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, people saying that he's transphobic and that kind of left to all these like political thoughts, thoughts. And so that's why all these videos were popping up. But even with like the Dave Chappelle special is <clears throat> opened up this huge can of worms where, when, when we're talking about the whole the, the trans debate, which I don't even know what the debate is about, really, when I was when I watched the special, because everybody's saying that he's transphobic, that, you know, his. This is just weird line with comedy and jokes that right. people are saying like you shouldn't cross. And when it comes to Dave Chappelle, some people are saying you that, shouldn't cross. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I, I don't fucking know. So and like, who's <clears throat> and then it's like who's who's sending down that decree? Um, well, the thing is, is I didn't watch the Dave Chappelle. Like everyone was talking about the Dave Chappelle special. I haven't watched it. I haven't seen the joke. I That's why I haven't made any like comments about it. I think I'm a little nervous, too, to be honest. Because it could be really bad. I mean, I have a trans woman tattooed on me, you know? Um, I don't know how I'm going to feel. But one thing is, is that like Dave Chappelle is a huge part of my own childhood and my own development. When I was growing up, when I was 10 years old, I wasn't allowed to watch South Park or like any of the cool shows. But I was allowed to watch Dave Chappelle because he was black. And so when I got to school, I my mom's super Christian. I couldn't watch all these other shows. I was I was able to keep up with the jokes when everyone watched the Chappelle show on Friday and they were making jokes or Thursday coming in on Friday. I could be joking with them. You know, I know what the episode was. I'm in on everything. And then also, like I grew up in Southern Virginia. Dave made it cool to be black. It changed almost every like, oh, my God, I almost like teared up for a minute. It literally changed almost everything for me in school. And so like. For, you know, a whole bunch of people to like come in and be like, well, you you can't support him. You can't like him, you know, because because of my trauma. And I'm like, well, what about how that healed part of my trauma? Yeah. And so, I, you know, I feel it's like we're not going to invalidate our like, 
you know, our problems with each other. But so I've just kind of like stayed away from it because like, you know, it, the, it's a special place <clears throat> for me. I mean, the, the the biggest thing I think that a lot of people are talking about and this is something that I really brought up. It's how do we go ahead and pick and choose which trauma is OK to make fun of? <laughs> right. Because a lot of comics will talk about them getting their ass beat, uh, fucking being broke as shit, fucking white people beating their ass. Everybody cracks the fuck up. Right. But. The inclusive part about this, and I think that what a lot of comics are saying, along with Dave Chappelle, is like, listen, if I can make fun of these groups and everybody and my group, too, I should be able to make fun of you. You're included in this Mm -hmm. because you're being recognized as a person. Everybody can fucking get it, including you guys, including my people, including all white people, Mexican people, whatever group that you identify with. Everybody can fucking get it in comedy. And the fact that you think that you could exclude yourself because you feel offended. Well, you were laughing about me earlier. Yeah. So why is it okay now? Yeah. So this conversation is very weird. Why do we get to pick and choose which trauma it's okay to make fun of? Exactly. Only because it hurts you in the moment that it is now. Yeah. And it's like everyone's a little bit different. God, I get so nervous talking about these things because like I feel like they can be taken out of context. and They're going to be like, oh, Bose is this or that. Like, you know, someone asked me what I thought about like this whole like black fishing thing with something else. Well, I, you know what? It's so interesting because I had another situation where I did feel appropriated by somebody. It wasn't for black. It was for something else, you know, and I did understand what it felt like for the first time to like feel kind of appropriate. But then on the flip side, when I first heard of like black fishing, people don't understand your experience. If you're a black woman that grew up around a lot of white people, no one wanted to be me. Nobody wanted my lips. No one wanted my skin. No one wanted Mm. anything. And so to see people trying to look like me, it's, it's like it's not offensive. It's actually almost flattering to my childhood brain and I can't do anything about it, you mm. know? And so it's like you should be mad about this. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to have to be neutral about it because actually I never experienced this before where somebody wanted to look like with me like people. I used to hate my lips. I still remember like a journal entry I wrote of just how sad I was about how big my fucking lips were. Really? Oh, yeah. Did people make comments but about always, you? Always. Always. Was all- it women or guys? Oh, it was everyone. Because guys make, look at girls' lips and be like, "No, they would that just, girl could suck some dick." <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Oh, but that was the thing too. The white boys they would say I had DSLs always, DSLs, oh, like, okay, and well, like that's like not you know yeah. that's like not cool. Even, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. So I don't know. I, I have a weird. I just wish that but, people, you know, how people feel about things. They they can't dictate how you take whatever happens to you in right. your life, and that's the weird thing. They go, "Oh, you should be offended," but I'm not. So what the fuck are you going to do about it? You're going to make me offended. Yeah, or, like, or I have to forget my trauma or my healing or my things for yours. I can't like you know what I mean? It's like, well, then how about we both just put our guns down and walk away? And, yeah. and that's what I do. And it's so weird because these people want to fight for it. But then I'm like, well, I don't know. I guess I minimize my own things. But, those, you know, Dave made it cool to be black and 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 seeing people that want to look like a black woman is like new to me. I'm like, well, it like it, it's more like it does something to like my child brain, like my inner child that's still Isn't there. That and so I can't weird, explain though? it. Like how like that that beauty standard constantly shifts. Right. And I think like when people get so honkered down on what what beauty is now, it's like you might regret that 10 years from now because that might not be the standard. Yes, exactly. And I was actually saying this the other day when you follow a meta like no matter how popular it is, if it's like something that's permanent, whether a video you put online or some surgery that you alter yourself with, like, you know how every girl got the Ariana Grande face like mm-hmm. four years ago and now they're trying to keep it up and they look, they're looking all crazy, David. They're yeah. looking all crazy. Like people getting like hella fillers at like 24 and then they got to keep it up and their skin's shifting and they go to different surgeons and are like not always good. Oh my God, bro. It, it, you like, you're, how are you going to reverse that? You can't. I mean, like I see it now, right? So there are, <clears throat> are women who are friends of mine who are very fucking beautiful. They've always been beautiful. 
even as they get yeah. older, they're still beautiful. But they're trying to hold on to something that you cannot hold on to, which is time and age. Those things just it progresses and it slips from you. That's all that it is. Hmm. And you're beautiful in a different type of way. Yes. So mm-hmm. so it's like when I see this happen, right? And I saw it recently with somebody who I haven't seen on Instagram in a very long time. And she's to me, like just from a physical aspect, I think she's like ideally just very what everybody wants in a girl in terms of looks wise, right? But she's getting a little older, and I didn't see any age in her, but she felt like it was. And then, lo and behold, filler, 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 lips are huge now. And I'm like, what happened? Like, why did you do this? Yeah. Right? And it's like this beauty standard that she feels that she has to keep up with, right? Because this is all, this is what I'm worth. Like, this is what people value. This is so, this is how I value myself. Or feeling like, well, but also to be fair, some people just like the look. Like, I have a friend that her lips just keep getting bigger, and she's like, I love it. And I'm like, Okay, like, you know, dude, I get that, though, too. My lovely brain farts, before we continue this podcast, once again, is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. If you don't know what Four Sigmatic might... Oh, let me tell you something. Four Sigmatic's mushroom coffee is fucking amazing. It's a coffee. It's real, organic, fair trade, single origin Arabica coffee with lion's mane mushroom for productivity and chaga mushroom for immune support. I have been starting my day with Four Sigmatic. If it's not matcha, it's going to be Four Sigmatic. It tastes good. And on top of that, the lion's mane makes my brain super snappy and smart. I'm telling you, the way that I feel when I drink this stuff is fantastic. It's almost hard to go without it. I do it cold brew style. I just steep it overnight. And the next morning, I'm ready to go. I add a little bit of almond milk, maybe some oat milk to it because your boy lactose he be farting listen we've worked out an exclusive offer with four sigmatic on their best-selling mushroom coffee but this is just for genius brain listeners get up to 40 percent off plus free shipping on mushroom coffee bundles to claim this deal you must go to four sigmatic.com slash brain genius this offer is only for genius brain listeners and is not available on their regular website you'll save up to 40 percent and get free shipping so go right now to four sigmatic that's f-o-u-r-s-i-g M-A-T-I-C dot com slash brain genius and fuel your productivity and creativity with some delicious mushroom coffee. But I, I think I think you're absolutely right. The beauty is like different at different ages. This is my favorite age. Like I literally feel like hotter than ever. Like I'm having the most fucking fun. I've been going to the gym. I've been getting my legs like big as shit, bro. I've been working out my abs. Bro, David, they should have never gave me blonde hair. It was over. <laughs> they should have said, no, we can't give it to her. Dude, bro, I, I don't know if you noticed, but I literally got this hair and then I got my little gold septum ring. I started getting my tattoos. I started going to the gym. But you know what it was? It was part of me. I was like, I want to feel more confident in my appearance and i just picked out everything that i didn't really like and i was like i'm gonna fix this 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 and this and this and i feel great yeah i mean that's like a certain level of like you know what you like and you can change these things that you don't like about yourself which is pretty awesome right and i think that sometimes too like when 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 i talk about this like you know cosmetic surgery thing the the argument behind that is like it's my body i could do whatever i want a hundred percent no i'm not saying you can't right Mm -hmm. i just have a thought about it, like I think about myself as because I'm a man and if I have a daughter, what does it do to my daughter's future in terms of how she views herself and what beauty is, right? Yeah. Because when I, st- and I think this is an issue that happens in big cities. If you go to, I'm pretty sure when you go back home or whatever, you don't see people with mega fucking shit done to their face. But in these metropolitan cities you do. And people think that this, that LA, New York, Chicago, whatever, this is how the rest of the world thinks. But it's really not the case. Mm. When I go back home to Sacramento, Everybody looks a little different and it's fucking amazing to me because it's beautiful. Like you get to see different faces and those different faces is kind of what makes 
people beautiful. Like you don't look like the every other yeah. person walking down the street. Mm-hmm. And so we went from a shift of like appreciate what God has given you or whatever, if you don't believe in God or what you're born with and you're beautiful just the way that you are to versus like, hey, I'm fucking ugly. I got to look like everybody else. And if I got the money for it, you shut the fuck up and let me do what I want. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, I, I, like, I don't know, know what that shift happened. I have found that <clears throat> there are so many ways to be attractive. When we were growing up, it was really just like, like, what does their face look like, right? Well, like confidence is super sexy. Like as you get older, like people start to build up their businesses and their like world and their jobs and stuff. And it's like even people that don't like feel like they look attractive on the outside, you start to see it in their posture and the way they carry themselves and the way they keep eye contact. Like that confidence is super hot. Or I've noticed that like people that dress really well. I was seeing this guy a while ago who like, He's like a little bit older, but oh my God, he could fucking dress. Like he had like gold jewelry on and shit like that. I was like, I was like, this is <laughs> fucking so, This girl's so like, simple. She goes, he had gold. Like, I'm like, he was a pharaoh. No, yeah. <laughs> and he smelled good as hell. I love that shit. Or like, you know what? Like a good, a good haircut. Or maybe it is the face. Maybe it's the fillers. Maybe it's the tattoo. Like there's so many ways I feel like to be attractive. Or just go to the gym a couple times a week. Like your, like your face could look like anything. And you could just give yourself a hot body. Like I feel like girls are a lot more forgiving in terms of like the physical looks around than a lot of like some of these guys are. No, a lot of the guys are not trying. And, I, and I'll say this too, just because <laughs> I always see a bunch of like dudes that are probably some of the most ugly fucking ogres I've ever seen in my life, but they'll see a fine ass girl walk by and they're like, you don't know what I'd do with that. It's like, you've never been offered that. (laughs) (laughs) The fuck are you talking about, you fucking gremlin? Like, you know, but that's like, guys aren't as forgiving as women are because women can look at a dude and see value in other things, right? Mm. Whether it's a job, whether it's a career, whether it's confidence, how they they speak to you, you know, the way that they can invoke an emotion out of you can really change the perception of what attractiveness is. For a guy, <clears throat> for I think when you're young, like younger men, it's just looks. That's the first thing that grabs them. Yeah. And that's the thing that matters the most. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not saying that's how it is for all guys. But when I was younger, I was definitely like that. And I, too, was an ogre. And I, what I expected out of the girl that I, was, that I wanted to be with, I didn't expect out of myself. Mm. You know, and I think that's like a young guy thing. I don't know what the fuck that is. But girls have always been way more forgiving. I get that. I Yeah, I've had. Uh, dude, <clears throat> wait. That, well, last time I was here, did we talk about like I'm not dating anymore? At all? No. For real? No. Why? No. Well, I was in a four-year relationship. I was in, I was in a relationship the entire time I was out here in LA. Like For real? Oh yeah. Like I moved out here and within six months, I got, you know, I started dating. And I'm the type of person where like if I date you, we get married. Like we ain't wasting no time. Like I'm not planning to just date for two years. Like we gonna bond, we're gonna move in together, we gonna have babies. You know? So like this was like this, bitch. bro, this was she my, really does live that tattoo life. Like, yo, yo, bitch, when we get together, we finna get married. Hey, <laughs> me and the mom, hey, you wanna get married? Yeah, yo, whip that dick out, put it in my mouth. Let's see what's up. Put it in there. Pull it up, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> hurry up. Come. Come. Hurry up. I'm just going like this the whole time. Like, what is she doing? I don't know. She's kind of hot, though. Um, but yeah, so I got wiped up real fast. We dated for four years. Damn. And um, he was, uh, it was for the most part, like a, a pretty good boyfriend. But uh, we obviously had our things. But what I mostly realized was I was growing into his lifestyle, like Beverly Hills, like housewife. Like I was always getting jobs that were only in Beverly Hills. I was like trying to look a certain way for his family. I never got tattoos because of that. Like they were, they said that like the graveyard that their family's buried in, you can't have tattoos and stuff. And so like I wasn't 
I didn't want to get piercings because I didn't know how his parents would feel. Clearly, this is what I want to look like. Right. Mm-hmm. So I and, and amongst a lot of other things, I was working corporate because I felt like his family respected me more. If I did that, I was going into a life that was not mine. And so I broke up with him and I just said I like didn't want to date anymore. I wanted to like go off and do my thing and build myself up and, and become more individualistic. And then, you know, maybe when I'm in my like mid thirties, I'll settle down to somebody. Cause when I, when I'm, when I'm about to date, like we in this for the long run, but I'm going to be single for a couple of years. So I've just been like, so what do you mean by dating though? Like, uh, like seriously looking for a relationship or do you mean, can you just like date for fun? Like see, like seeing people are hooking up. Yeah. I well, actually this is really funny. I, I, I get buried in work a lot. So like I'll go months without like hooking up with somebody or something like that, yeah. you know, like literally months, like five, six, I don't, and I don't even like think about it or anything, but like, uh, I'm very demisexual. I have to at least kind of like somebody, like, I don't need to like have a full on crush on you, but I need to like you as a person. I would like to be biologically attracted to, I said biologically, like, like I need it. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) Jesus. I need to be biologically attracted to you. I need to want to mate with you on a biological level. I just figured you with this, with the electric temp thing and just temperaturing his balls. Let me see the heat of these things. (laughs) I was just doing like a pheromone test. (laughs) Call him. Uh, Your results came back positive. You can come on over at 11 o'clock tonight. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. How fucking hot. (laughs) (laughs) You may come over at 11 o'clock and fuck thee. (laughs) My word, boys. He's probably over here like, you going to send any pictures or nothing? No. <laughs> that, <laughs> Absolutely not. Bro, that's the thing too. Yeah, I don't, that's why I'm boring too because like I'm not going to send nobody no pictures, do nothing. I just don't. I don't well, really, we're in that technological stage. You start sending out tit pics, you're fucking, you know where it's going. Well, it, yeah. And also like, I feel like for, just because I do online stuff, like hooking up with people randomly is a lot more high risk for me. It's like some guys and like, this is fucking true. Some dudes will do weird shit. Like, have sex with you and record you like it, it, it's true like it happened yeah. like especially if they know that you're like that you never fucking know like people really do weird shit or you know they want to prove to their friends that they're really talking to you so then they'll send you send you know your pictures or something and i've seen it happen to my friends my friends have gotten i have a friend that's gotten recorded before like two years ago and so and there's you know then like when, set up a camera somewhere and then record it that's fucking crazy dude mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And it just came out as like, a, she didn't talk to the person for like a year and some change. I'm like, what I should talk about. I think she didn't talk about it for like a year and some change. And then, um, and then like, it was like, they came out of nowhere, like with just like some threats, basically. I don't want to give anybody any ideas. Maybe she cut off. But. No, but no, that happens a lot. There was a, there was like a, a Korean pop star too. And she was an like American girl. Uh, she was underage. And then her ex-boyfriend. Release, after she became a huge K-pop star, fucking released these photos of her naked. But yeah. she's like 16. So oh she's underage at the time. Dude. So it's like, yo, what the fuck is this guy doing? You and then never know. There was like a text thread about him giving it to, trying to sell it to like certain um, like publications. Like how much can I get for this? You know, blah, 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 blah. Like I oh have these photos. God. And then people, you know, they screen recorded or a Snapchat and he sent it out because this person, thank God, was like, hey. If you put this out, you can be in some big trouble. Like yeah. You, sh- you shouldn't do this stuff. He goes, yeah, but, you know, if it's, if I get a lot of money, it'll be worth it type of thing. But he's like, no, you're going to get in trouble because she was underage. Those pictures of her when she was like 16 years old and it's her fully naked. It's like, Dude, what the fuck what? is wrong with these people? Well, I like and sh- him trying to sell that. It's like, hello, possession of child pornography. Are you yeah. like, what the like? Yeah, we're both like, what? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just it's really weird. I that's that's why I'm just like scared of stuff like that. So I'm very cautious. But, you know, if I do like date or hook up with somebody or something, it's usually somebody that I've been talking to for a long time. We have a basis of like a friendship or something. And like, I don't know, like, it's just yeah, I don't I, I really don't like dating that is a lot of work, though. It's so much. A lot of people don't understand that like dating is fucking work. And I do not. But that's the thing. I don't want to grow into anybody's life right now. I need to be myself and be fully individualistic. And then I will come together with somebody when the time is right because the person i am right now and the person i'm going to be in five years are two totally different people so how mm. could i possibly settle down with somebody right now at 29 the other thing is I, I think i might have talked to you about this before i think the thing that teaches you the most about yourself are relationships relationships are what push us further into ourselves. there's nothing that has taught me more than a relationship the breakup from the beginning to the end you know and so it's like if you're with the same person for like 20, 30, 40 years, you guys have to keep going through trials and tribulations to feel that growth. Humans have to feel growth. We have to feel like we're progressing. And so you're just going to have to be starting shit with your, not starting shit or be going through shit with your partner constantly every couple of years to feel that. Whereas if you're kind of like dating and then on your own and then dating and on your own, you're going to have so many experiences. Like, yeah, that's definitely happened to me. Like I, we, my ex and I broke up like almost a year ago and I've kind of like loosely like dated two people and mm-hmm. I've learned so much about myself just from those months or two of like hanging out with them. It's insane. Well, yeah, that's what dating does. Like, yeah. <clears throat> and so, I need more of those experiences because I need to know who I am. A lot of young people do. Like I always tell people not to get <clears throat> caught up and just think that the first person that you're with is going to be the person you're going to be with for the rest of your life because you don't know if that person wants to grow with you. You don't know if they're going to grow up to be different people. And on yeah. top of that too, like even when I first met Mariel, when when we were first dating and before we actually decided to be a couple and be together, mm-hmm. she was like very apprehensive about it. And the thing that I told her off the jump, because I got kind of tired of her not like this, like committing. And I was like, I don't have time for this. I was like, listen, like, I think you have something very confused. I'm not dating you to find out if I'm good for you. I'm trying to date you to see if you're good for me. Like, I don't know you enough yet to worry about you. I'm worrying about myself right now. So if you think that you could just have me here and just wait for you that's not going to happen Mm. and so that's the thing i want people to understand like i've learned more about myself than i have about than about her like everything that i've learned through myself in the last six or seven years was because of the relationship that we were in yes and listen we've she and i talked about on the podcast we we almost separated for real for real like in just like in the last year it was like we're done we're not going to do this anymore but it took that and a lot of for us to separate and be you know reflect on this for us to come back together and be a little stronger but these are all growing pains. Like if you're not yeah. willing to do that, I don't know any single like strong relationship that hasn't gone through that. Mm. I don't know a single one. I don't know a single one that where people didn't have these like breakthrough moments constantly. Yeah. Cause you know, a lot of people like in social media, they don't talk about this shit. You know, we know people who are very good at posting their photos of like, listen, we're fucking amazing. Oh my God, <laughs> and, dude. And you know, I, we know the dirt. Yo, I look, breaking news to all of you. <clears throat> if they're posting pictures half the time, it ain't real, bro. I feel like a lot of times couples tend to post pictures almost at the most vulnerable points, you know, like when they're trying to like tell their partner like, "Ooh, I care. Look, I did the thing. You know what I mean? Or like, oh, my God, it's so funny because I'm on Twitch a lot. So you probably don't see this too often. So many streamers date each other. And then the typical, you know, statement comes out, blah, blah, blah. And I've decided to split amicably. We still have so much love for each other, but we've decided to lay everything to rest after three years. Come on, y'all fucking hate each other. You hate each other. You hate each other. We still love each other dearly. I mean, like, granted, what else are they supposed to do? Drag the public into their drama. But still, like, I kind of hate that it's 
teaching people. Society taught us a lot of things about love and relationships that were not true. And we are now doing that to everyone else. We're creating this new fabrication almost. And and like saying, oh yeah, you can break up with somebody after two, three, four years and have love for them and move on amicably. That's what we say publicly. Says who? That's what some of those people say. And they're little twit longers and shit like that. And then you're teaching younger people that like, oh, after your four-year breakup, you and your ex are still going to be best friends. And then when that doesn't happen to them, they're going to be confused. And so now we're the ones painting society for them that's not entirely correct. Every person that I've broken up with, if they died, I would not know. (laughs) (laughs) I literally wouldn't fucking know. Because here's the thing. This is what I believe anyway. See, I understand that you guys grew together, but there's a reason why you guys split. You don't have to be friends. Because if I'm not a part of your life, your life will still go on. Nothing bad happens of me not being in there. You're fine. So I'm fine. It also makes it just too more complicated in my new relationship where I have to explain why this person who my penis has been in her mouth repeatedly is still around here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Especially when you date somebody else. What what is it? People say something. Oh, if they're if they're not friends with their exes, that's a red flag. Actually, it's the other way around. Yeah. If you're friends with all of your exes still, those are the sociopathic motherfuckers that are just keeping a whole bunch of people on a string. Attachment issues. Dude. Yeah. I yeah, who the fuck like people saying if you're not friends with your ex anymore red flag that shit is cringe I don't it's know what cringe, you're talking about guys and I'm actually my ex of four years still a friend of mine we went to the gym a couple weeks ago like he's actually actually is a homie but it's because we kind of split for different reasons we didn't split for fighting and shit like that we just grew apart you know yeah. so stuff like that sure you might be friends but like so many people end up leaving toxic relationships and they try to be friends that's where cut that motherfucker off I'm okay off that shit, dude. Oh, I'm yeah. 100% okay. 101. And listen, if you dump me, well, we're definitely not friends. Bro, I almost said like, 101 P. <laughs> that, is so, that is so stupid. And you know I'm going to start saying it now. I've definitely, every girl that I've either broken up with or the girl that has left me, we're, we're, we're done. We're done. I Goodbye. don't hate you. I just, you know what? I just don't need you. My my therapist told me something was really interesting. I was telling her this was like a couple months ago. Actually, also I'm on break. I'm on hiatus from therapy right now. I didn't even know that that was a goal that people should have. Like being so happy that your therapist is like, "Do you really need me right now?" I'm like, yeah. Well, you know, Michelle, I'll come back in a couple of weeks. I haven't been back for a while. I've been fucking chilling. Yeah. Um. But uh, I was going. This was like a few months ago, and I was talking about a, a person that I had met, and I was talking about the confusing feelings I had towards a lot of things, and she asked me do you see this person being a short-term person in your life or a long-term? And I was like, I never thought of that before because when any anyone enters my life and I like them, I just start to assume long-term. I just do. Mm. But when I looked at this person, I was like, this is a short-term person, but there's, you know, something fun here. Mm-hmm. And I've started looking at that with a lot of things. And then I also realized that your actions can dictate whether your relationship with that person is short-term or long-term. And like that's become a very powerful tool for me to evaluate lately. I was just talking about this on the previous podcast. And some people didn't understand what I was talking about when I was saying that there's different levels of friendships and connections. Mm-hmm. There's acquaintances. There's long-term acquaintances. There's homies. There's the homie homies. And then there's friends. All different categories. It doesn't mean there's nothing. I don't mean anything by it. It just is what it is. I think a lot of the times people take these relationships and they all categorize them in one thing. Yeah. And it causes them to get hurt by other people's actions. Like I always say too, I think girls tend to do this a lot is where they fuck on the first date. They they meet a girl, they connect with them and they go, besties. And I'm like, bitch, don't uh-huh. do that. 
That and yo, the ones that spark up the fastest are the ones that fizzle out the fastest. A hundred percent. Ten thousand. One on one P. One on one P, bitch. One on one P, motherfucker. Like that is the dumbest phrase. One on one P, bitch. You'll see it. You'll see it happen, right? They always go. Oh my! I can't believe that she did this to me. Of course, what do you mean? You don't know her. Oh, you do- yeah, y'all just met a month ago. We were so close. We hung out every night. Yeah, y'all knew that shit was going. Yeah, and, and then also a lot of people trauma bond very quickly in the beginning, yeah, yeah, and they yeah, don't yeah, realize yeah, yeah. that. You know, trauma bonding is the fucking worst because once you guys figure that shit out, you guys have nothing left. Yeah, like what's what's your shit? You're just gonna meet up and just talk about the trauma twenty four fucking seven. Oh yeah, dude. You guys, you guys share nothing in common. In that, you know, I I've thought I've had to consciously break some trauma bonds that I've shared with some people. You know, like it's really weird. And like you guys that like people like listening that are trauma bonding is really like hard to explain. But it's like basically if one of your trauma like triggers is activated, like let's say ab- abandonment or something like that. Um, like let's say that you're with a friend or so. Ah, fuck, I don't know how to explain it. Let, one of yours is abandonment and then the other friend that you're talking to is also abandonment and you guys kind of have that same trigger activated at the same time and you're you're in that mental place and then you talk about it you are now trauma bonding like it's almost like your inner child are like connecting and it's very powerful and it can make it can make things feel familiar you know i was talking about this the other day sometimes you meet people that feel familiar and comfortable but it doesn't mean it's a good thing it could be they could remind you of the person that hurt you the most and like you could be like oh Maybe I can redo this. Maybe I can redo this trauma and maybe they won't leave me this time. And then, but what you're doing is connecting with a person that's very similar to the person from 10 years ago that hurt you. And you're seeing those same traits, but you're not connecting it and realizing it. And then that person leaves and it's like a fucking domino effect. It just like cuts you down, dude. I've been trying to watch out lately for familiar people to figure out if you're familiar good or familiar bad. A hundred percent. And I, um, so a few months back, like, uh, I met with a couple of people. This is kind of so funny that you mentioned this. It's there's like certain things that happened to me when I was younger that it was during a time I didn't like who I was. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I grew up in a you know precarious neighborhood. You know, my, the neighborhood more where my house was was fine. But where I was kicking that wasn't that great. And these people were people that I was always pretending to be something that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of like thuggery shit, a lot of bad people. Right. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be a part of this group. I felt safe. I felt I felt very protected. But at the same time, super fucking uncomfortable. Like for I told a story on the podcast where when I was I remember the first time these group of people, uh, there were a, a very specific uh, set in Sacramento that they were a part of. I, I was invited to a house party and this place is fucking dirty as hell. I still I can still remember what the place smelled like. Like there's just like spit on the floor, drinks everywhere, a bunch of fucking dirty ass looking bitches and dudes. Okay. You know, like just fucking chilling. And I'm sitting here just I look like a fish out of water. But I'm trying to like, you know, what's up, cut? Like I'm trying to be all hey, fucking, hey, hey. you know, okay. I'm trying to be all hard as shit. But I told the story on the podcast where there was this dude at the party. He had these white Air Force Ones on. Are you on getting us. nervous? I, I am nervous. I have white Air Force Ones on. Okay. And this dude spit on the floor and this guy spit on his shoes. And I, and I knew this guy, right? And he looked at him and he goes, clean my fucking shoes. And, you know, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm sitting in this dirty, smelly ass fucking cigarette smelling couch. Just sitting here like, oh, what the fuck is going on? But I'm trying to keep my cool, right? He goes, clean my fucking shoe. He goes, I'm not cleaning your fucking shoe. Dude literally stands up strapped up like 20 dudes around him all strapped up and they stare at the guy and i'm like i'm about to witness a fucking murder <laughs> and i'm sitting here just not unless like, he t- cleans some shoes yeah and then the guy fucking got on his knees got a napkin started cleaning the shoes told him to get the fuck out 
<laughs> and then I just sat there and a little pee. <laughs> Like, started coming down like, the side of my leg. Cinematic cuts just David's thigh and just one single drip. Like, yeah, you dude. know, but I'm still trying to be hard. I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. You know, but in real life, I'm like, oh shit. Get them laces. Yeah. Get that spark. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Hold my pockets, bitch. Oh my. <laughs> Hold my pockets. <laughs> you know? Like, that is so. But funny, like, dude. those, so I hung out with a group of people, once again, that I just, that reminded me of that. You know what I mean? But we're talking and we're chopping it about all this other stuff. And we have like, past stuff that kind of connects us, right? Yeah. You know, just the shit that we used to do, things that we used to hang out. But then, as I'm talking to this person, I'm starting to feel really fucking uncomfortable. And I'm like, I don't like this feeling. Like, what is this? Like, this is, feels familiar, but it feels familiar in a bad way. Ooh, okay. You know? And I started getting, like, PTSD. I started sweating a little bit. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I'm... I'm, And these guys are starting to like me. You know, I'm like, I, I don't want to be your friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm scared I'm getting tangled up into something. Mm. And, and, like, if I try to ghost them, they're going to be like, where David is? Yeah, exactly. All these thoughts are going through my fucking head. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I here? Like, why am I connecting to these dudes? Why am I having a quote unquote good conversation with these people when these are not the people that I want to associate with? Yeah. And I reminded myself of when I was like 15 years old. I felt like a 15 year old again. It was really fucking How long weird. ago was this? This was like a like maybe three or four months ago. What? Right. And I'm over here. And then you kind of like hear the way that I speak start to change a little bit. Like how I used to speak when I was in high school. Right. I'm like, it was good, man. You know, also the like hood shit, you know. And I'm like, I don't even like talking like this anymore. Yeah. What am I doing? And I'm adapting to these people because I because of that weird familiarity. Yeah. And you feel like you're going back because it's easy for you to sink into. But you have to make a conscious choice not to go back into what's easy for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And that shit was traumatizing as fuck. That's scary. That was so recent, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can we talk about Alec Baldwin? Oh, yes. What? Oh, what? The, the fuck? fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Okay, do you want to go first or me? You can go first. What the fuck? (laughs) Dude, okay, in all seriousness, so, okay, like, on my, a lot of the the stuff that I do on my channel is actually really trauma, like, like trauma-related. I do a lot of trauma work. And so, when I was thinking about this, I I do, um, I also do a lot of drama, where I try to get into the emotional state of things like victims, like, things like that. And the first thing I thought about was, okay, David. Imagine you're at home, you have wife and kid, you know, whatever, your kids, your kids at home, mm-hmm. you know, you're there, you're chilling, your wife's at work, the safest place she could be. And you get a call and they're like, um, your, your wife has passed, like your wife, your wife. It's just like, what? And like, before you even have time to like, let that sink in and they're like, she was shot what she's at work like it that's like the next level of it and then afterwards you get told that it's by a famous actor and it was an accident it's almost like it invalidates all of the shock and pain that you just like 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 society's telling you that you have to minimize that because it was an accident and it was this you know this guy yeah, yeah, yeah. they went out to lunch the next or dinner breakfast the next morning with alec baldwin and and i get it but it's like whew, my god and then like from Alec Baldwin's point of view, and I mean, like, sympathy all around. Can you imagine just being on set? This is how fucking fast it happened. The the prop master literally handed it to him, said, cold gun. Alex fucking points it, shoots it. And, like, I, I don't know exactly, like, what, but, like, he shot it into a house where there were two other people. He just, like, shot it. And all of a sudden, somebody's dead, and he's now a murderer by classification. Like you just went from actor to murderer, whether it's manslaughter, accident, you know, anything like that. That's another thing, too. He's going to have the best attorneys in the world, but it's manslaughter. It still is. Everybody on that set is getting fucking sued. What? I, I heard the 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 person who was dealing with the weaponry was somebody who was super inexperienced. 
So He's the like way 24 years old or something, possibly the way that it works in L.A. is back in the day, the prop master handled everything. But then uh, they had to there was this mandate that came on that said that you have to have a prop master and then an armorer that yeah. it's under them that handles all like the guns and stuff. So what had happened was like some of the people on set were doing some kind of. Um, test firing, little just practice shooting with live rounds. And so that got mixed up in there. And they say, but they say on set, they yelled to Alec Baldwin, cold prop before it went into his hand. And so, God, can you imagine the shock, David? Can you imagine the shock of firing off the gun and realizing that you just killed somebody and everyone around you is panicking and freaking out and you're just like. Well, that's first of all. Oh. That's so fucking ridiculous in the oh. first phase that that first place that even if it's a prop gun, right? The fact that they have live rounds there, it should never fucking be on set. Like wh- right, like right. why the fuck is there a live round on set? That's wild to me. Yeah, they said they were doing target practice or something. And, for and there's, what? Right, and they're supposed to have so for, for like film and TV, there's supposed to be three different types of like fake bullets, different velocities that create different effects. But yeah, they they had live rounds on set, and I just. I can't, dude, I can't believe that that one hit. How did you feel when you heard about it? Well, listen, I've, this is a big conversation that opens up about like set etiquette and how people are treated, right? So if you guys have never been on film or if you haven't been on film sets, you know, it tends to be kind of harsh, specifically to people who are PAs and a lot of like staff and crew. When it comes to film, <clears throat> it tends to be a little harsh, right? Yeah. It's it's very high tense situations, you know, people are on a budget. Everybody's getting yelled at. People are on the go, 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 go. Well, a lot of stuff is coming to light. Like, wait, hold on a second. I, we shouldn't be treating people like this, right? And the crazy thing is what people don't understand. America is a lot nicer than it is out in other countries. Hmm. Like in Asia specifically, you know, like Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan doesn't even like filming in America because Americans have laws about people having lunch, time of rest, and all this other shit. <laughs> because in China, it's like... You do this all day. until your fucking feet fall yep. off. All day, like 14, 15 hour days. It's yeah. insane. Yep. So Jackie Chan, because Jackie Chan is who Jackie Chan. I'm not saying I love Jackie Chan. I'm just saying like this is he likes because he's a perfectionist. Yeah. If he's doing like a st- stunt work, if that person has to do it 86 times, that person's going to do it 86 times until we get this perfect shot. And the culture is different out there. In the States, they don't have that. It's like, listen, now you're being abusive. So. Knowing that, that even that in in this country we're supposed to be nicer, that people still don't have like a certain level of like decency and standard of work when it comes to sets. Like one of those shows that I loved working on was um, that leftover show, the Netflix food show. Hmm. And the biggest reason why was because of how staff and crew were treated. Everybody was so respectful and nice and everybody felt heard. It was super fucking dope to work with that company. Yeah. But I have been on film sets where I've worked as a PA and people talked to me like I was a piece of shit. Like mm. they would fucking scream at me. They would yell at me. And this is like my first day as a PA. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm fresh. And people are supposed to show you the ropes, but they'll call you stupid. They call you dumb, lazy, tell you to hurry the fuck up. It's like, yo, is this just how the how it's supposed to be? And because I thought that's how it's supposed to be, I just took that shit. I'm like, I got to pay my fucking dues. Well, now we get to see what happens when people aren't doing their fucking job, right? People aren't getting paid correctly. They're not taking the right safety precautions. Somebody can fucking die. Mm-hmm. And now what? Yep. And now what? Like, oh my god dude it, it, like and i think also like in la people 
a lot of people that are working like as a PA or maybe maybe the person's armor, I'm not sure. A lot of people in the more entry-level jobs on set, they don't want to do that job. They're trying to build up to the next thing. And like they kind of just come in, they're getting paid union for like, you know, 300 bucks a day. Actually, they, they had a lot of people on set that were non-union. Yeah, I think because it was all cheaper. Up. Is it because it's cheaper? Yes. Dude. Yeah, so they, they said they were cutting corners on that set. I mean, oh my God. For a lot of dude. indie films, people do have to cut corners. Like if it's an indie film, it's a fucking film with Alec fucking Baldwin, dude. I know, dude. That, oh my God, that whole scenario made me so sick. Did it make you guys sick? I need to know. I'm sorry. I'm always talking to people. I mean, David. Pe- people, I, it's weird, right? Like, I I don't understand why the fuck they were alive. I, I just can't wrap my head around that part. Who the fuck was the one that was like, hey, let's do fucking some target practice with this real gun here and just let's just do it. Why? 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 Like, uh, but I think the other thing that fucks me up about it, too, is like, how old is Alec Baldwin? Like what? Like 60, 50? Something I think like he's that. like fucking 467 years old. Yeah. <laughs> let's say he's 60 or something like that. Right. <clears throat> now, imagine you've lived this long life. You know, you've had scandals. You had people hating on you. But you're still an actor. You're still doing your thing. You're still Alec Baldwin. And now this. This is just changed. I would. I, what do I don't even know what I would do. I think I would just crumble. Like, I don't know how I could. I don't know. Shit. That moment just stressed I don't know me. if I could live with the fact that I killed somebody. I don't think so. I don't think I could. That would be. A, I do not know how I would. The survivor's extensive therapy. too. Extensive therapy for me because I don't know how I would deal with that. Especially someone who was innocent. Somebody who, like. And they died because of me because of something stupid that I did. Yeah. Right. Or even if it was somebody else's fault. Right. It, it's a collaborative thing. But like he's going to blame himself like entirely for sure. Like I. Oh, man, I, and then that stuff bucks you up forever. I have a friend. Uh, it was my it was my old roommate from when I was in when I was like eighteen and I lived in Virginia. He was the coolest guy in high school. He was the coolest. Everyone liked him. Like super fun, super funny. And I loved this guy to death. But we kind of like disconnected like over ten years ago. And earlier this year, we reconnected. And at first there was that familiarity because this is somebody that I lived with for like over a year. We worked together. We worked the morning and night shift together. He was like one of my really closest friends and we reconnected and we spent like two weeks together and he was not the same person anymore. Mm. He had completely changed because five or six years ago, his best friend had died. And he's like told me before, like he he talks about this stuff all the time because he doesn't know what to do, you know? Um, his best friend died and he was there when it happened. He actually pulled him out of the water and he was the one that said, let's go swimming. And he's never gotten therapy for that situation. I've been trying to get homeboy to get into therapy for fucking years. But like those six years have absolutely destroyed him. Like the, every time it comes up on June, I mean, he just like curls up into a ball, basically completely different person. I, I mean, and, and so like that's what I'm saying with this Alec Baldwin thing. And we're going to see this in the media, like over the next five years, kind of how oh, they're this not going to let him live it down. I think there was like a lot of people too who I think he posted a lot of like anti-gun like yeah. rhetoric and tweet. So, you know, people from like the hard political right are ripping this for a new one. It's like, fuck, man, this guy is going to have to live with this trauma, man. The, yeah, I dude, the, this one. Yeah, that one is fucking that is heavy. I a lot of fucked up shit going on in the world, man. And me doing all this true crime stuff. I've been learning. I've been learning a little. I don't too even much. know how you do all this true crime stuff because I, oh, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. That YouTuber girl who. um who was like a van life girl. Well, there's a lot of different parts around it. I So I specifically didn't cover that case because of how much social media fucked it up. So here, I'll tell you this. This is a really interesting thing, David. So the guy, Brian Laundrie, that, you know, allegedly killed her. There's no confirmation. They're saying his remains are found now. Blah, 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 blah. Who knows if it's really his remains. Um, but 
they there was a woman that after he allegedly committed the murder of Gabby Petito, a a woman that had a TikTok happened to see Brian Laundry and just think he looked like a nice upstanding citizen that we get very never mind tends to think he's like a nice upstanding citizen. She gives him a ride somewhere and drops him off. And then the girl afterwards, when she realizes that she picked up a possible murderer, the first thing she does is she goes on TikTok and she starts making TikToks about how she picked him up and what he did and how much money he had and what he was wearing and where she picked him up and where she dropped him off. And then she started saying, donate to the fund, the help find Gabby fund, donate to this. And she keeps posting all these TikToks about it. Go to the police. Go to the FBI. Why did you make a video about this? And you know she didn't go to the police because they would have told her it was illegal to go put this information online. I, I, I was so mad about this video because I'm like, you single-handedly just delivered all of this information to his defense team and you just fucked them. Like, why would you do this? And that's what like everyone was doing online. They were digging up like her like social media posts, his posts, things like that. And I'm like, if I was his defense attorney, I would pay some kid 20 bucks an hour and I'd be like, run through everything online and figure out what we can use in our case. Find out everything that they know. And that's what social media Fuck that whole case up. But if Brian's really dead, you know, I, I got very passionate about that. That's one. fucking crazy. Yeah. Can you believe that? She put it on TikTok. I have to like get away from the mic because I'm so fucking mad about that. And, and like the exploitive nature that people had about that case is absolutely fucking disgusting. I that one made me it made me so fucking mad. And then, you know, a lot of another thing, too, that people really got wrong is. Uh, people started to shit on like Gabby Tito by saying, oh, missing white woman syndrome. What about these people? What about all these missing people? Blah, 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 blah. Well, actually, let me see. I'm going to actually like defend that for a second. It's not really missing white woman syndrome. It's that people people feel that emotional pull towards someone that looks like they could have been their friend. And because there are just so many white people that are like seeing this young girl, they're like, oh, she and it's like everyone has met somebody that looks like Gabby before. Everybody. This is why she appealed to them. She looks like a girl you'd be sitting next to in school. And so when you find out she's missing and all this, it's like, oh my God, I could have known her. Whereas unfortunately, for some reason, when somebody sees somebody like me, they don't, they don't know where they would have seen me. So they don't connect with me as much. And then they just kind of skip over my case. And it's not saying also, it's too, right. she's a lightweight celebrity. Like she's an, she was a, a YouTube van life person. She had a following. So that's did why. She? Yeah. So she, I don't think she did. I, I think she was like, I think she was. I, like, I think the media put that in headlines cause it sounded good. I have but not. Was, found, she wasn't that big of a following. I have not found any record of her having any type of YouTube channel. Oh, I thought she was like a van life girl. People, like yeah, the media put her up as a van life YouTuber, but I couldn't find anything ah, of, like okay. of her stuff. Yeah, I got interested because I I saw I used to follow this girl who was also a YouTube. I like I love van life shit. Me, oh, me I too, me too. Did you watch love. Chanel? So there was a girl who was a YouTube van life girl who I followed for a long time, and she hadn't posted videos in a while. And I'm like, what happened to this girl? And she fucking killed herself. Yeah, she committed suicide. Are you serious? <clears throat> yeah. So like, I was like, oh, how did she- you find out? I found out because I was looking up her name and it was a while ago now. I felt oh. sad. I, I used to watch her all the time. I can't remember her name. I'm blanking out right now. I, I was a little sick a couple weeks ago. So my brain's a little foggy, but <clears throat> she ended up committing suicide. And so I was like, what the fuck is going on with this? When they said she was a van life person too. I'm like, is there, is there something that people are escaping from that they have to do this van life well, stuff? Well, like- yeah, I don't, I don't know what the van, I mean, I no, I get it because like if someone just handed me a converted van, I'm like, no, if somebody drove it for me, maybe, but like, <laughs> I, I get it. Cause it's cool. It's just sick. Like the way, like everything's compartmentalized. Like why did you, I mean, you watched it for a while. Like you I, get I, it. I love it. Well, yeah. I, 
I had a Honda Element, and I love that fucking car, right? And I wanted to convert it or whatever, but that car was a piece of shit. It was, it, it was just too much work to fix it up. Mm-hmm. But I, I like it because I like being off the grid. Originally, this podcast, I wanted to build a huge van and make it a mobile podcast. That's cool. But then I, I kind of gathered how much it was going to cost. It was a lot of money. <laughs> I was like, this is a shit ton of fucking yeah. money. It wasn't worth it. you know. So I was like, okay. I'm not going to do that. But I love like the whole van life thing, how you can live off the grid. People, the way they build their shit is fucking. Yeah. I think also the kind of the appeal of the whole van life YouTube thing is I'm living my best life. I'm having so much fun. Look at this. Look Mm -hmm. at, look at, you know, and like that shit feels good. And also they're doing some stuff that you and I would never really do. Like we wouldn't go off the grid like that. I would be off the grid in front of my house. Yeah. We, yeah. (laughs) Set up up the van up there. I'll just be outside in my house, in front of my house. I'm like, you know what? I just want to get away from Mario for a second. Just hop hop into the van. Maybe go to a park somewhere. Or I'll just like camp here and there. But I'm not going to live off the grid and shit. I like the grid. The grid's nice. The grid. I, yeah. I appreciate the grid. I See, well, that was the thing too. Like when you told me about that, like it just, what the fuck is wrong with kids, man? What? Or just human beings. Like that girl just posted everything on TikTok. You didn't fucking call the cops? Oh my God. And, and just so many more people. And then, oh, and then here's another one too. This one really fucking pissed me off. Uh, people on TikTok every hour posting hottest Gabby update. Hottest da 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 Honey, you don't need to, no one needs news from you when every fucking media like company is covering this case with the most pertinent, correct information. People doing 24 hour live TikTok streams of help find Gabby, help find Gabby, donate here. No, you're farming likes, you're farming comments and you're farming followers. Fuck you. And you know what else? Every one of you people that farm followers off of that, off of live Gabby Petito streams, everyone's going to unfollow you because they don't give a fuck about your shitty ass content because those are the only ideas you have. Dude, I'm telling you this. So like the other. I'm so, I get, I'm so mad about that case, David. So it's interesting that you mentioned that, right? So there was a there was a dude on TikTok. And I, I don't think half of the people understood why I was irritated at this. I wasn't really irritated at the guy per se. It was just what he does is what everybody does now, right? Which is the idea of instead of being knowledgeable about something, they prefer to just create content just because they have nothing better to do. And they're trying to farm these likes. So, for example, it was this bitch checking herself out. Or what's up? No, <laughs> I, I, I felt like I had too much raw foot going on here. <laughs> raw foot? <laughs> yeah. Do you, y'all need to pay for this. I don't think so. You ain't getting paid. That's why I got my fucking feet covered up. <laughs> no. But um, yeah, yeah. So. it was a simple video. And people thought the video was about this guy messing up Korean food, right? So he puts up this video of this Korean soup dish. And it wasn't what the dish was. He just looked at a photo when he just started recreating it and you know he's rolling his eyes about how delicious it is and i'm like as a korean dude that grew up with this food i'm like that's not what it is so why did you create this video and yeah. so you know i went on this quick little rant and they're like oh why can't you just let him enjoy uh making your food i was like because he's not making my food your food i was like first of all your food exactly. is this my mother yeah <laughs> i was like he's <laughs> like people can't like enjoy creating like other people's food that's not what i was saying what I'm saying is, is I'm sick and tired of people just creating content just to create it without being knowledgeable about what they're creating. Because yes. you're, you're misrepresenting my people. Oh, oh yeah. You know? The, where is the passion? Where is your, and I talk about this all, I'm getting mad. Dude, I'm fucking snarling over yeah. here, David. You see that shit. I, I, bro, I'm being real passionate about this. I'm a very passionate person and I believe that you should have purpose and intent with everything that you do. So for example, with my true crime content, it was kind of, I was doing different things all over for a while. And what I realized is my, the thing I care about the most is like I said before, like as a person with PTSD, I think that trauma is the biggest epidemic. And I try to, my purpose is to bring trauma to light 
that people might recognize in themselves so that they don't commit violent acts because of those repressed feelings, you know? Mm. And that is my purpose and that is my intent. And that is the vessel that all of my content and all of my words come through. So that way I'm not just picking up random shit on a Tuesday trying to like score a couple of likes, you know? And that's what people do. Dude, we're we're just in the boom of content creation phase and so much of it is disingenuine. Not saying like, I'm not trying to gatekeep or say like mine is like, my fuck mine, my shit sucks. I'm like still working on my stuff every day. But people are here that don't really care. That you know what? So many people are making content because they want to be famous. They It's for their ego. Like they want to be liked. But I think when you get to a certain point, you have an opportunity to spread a message and to change something. Yeah, and like, I don't think it's... <clears throat> Like I'm saying, it just goes back to the fact of like, people are going to watch this shit, right? Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, your video gets like that food, the video that he did, your video got like what, a million views. And now people look at that and I'm a kid who's Korean and they go, oh, that's what that's, that's what that dish is. This yeah. is what Korean food is, but it's not. So it's like, you just misspread information. And now mm-hmm. all these people who are too scared to come to people like me who look like me for the information, they're going to go to your fucking little white face and they're going to be like, <laughs> Hey, you know what? Instead of actually like learning about the culture, I'm going to let him do the work, but he's not doing the right work. Mm. So it's not about him creating, you know, the food properly or, or correctly. It's the fact that he made himself the source of the information yeah. saying, I am knowledgeable. Follow me. Listen to me. Make it about making it about themselves. Yeah. So this is where the issue is. It's like, listen, if you just made the dish the way it was supposed to, and you just did. I don't know. One fucking Google recipe is all you had to do. Yeah. That's the, the smallest amount of respect that you could have done. Because now. You have a huge following and you just misspread all this information. And it wasn't done in comedy. It wasn't done in jest. It wasn't like you saying like, oh, I'm just having a conversation with somebody. You did a full on video recipe about, hey, I know what Korean food is. This is what it is. White boy. Like the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you know? Oh my God. I've, so, I got to see this. Yeah, but he took it down. <gasps> oh, he did? Yeah, because I fucking reposted it. And I was like, oh. the fuck is this? Wait, did other people comment on it like that too? Were they like, well, yeah, because everybody that would comment that they loved it, like the mil- whatever, the hundred thousand views was all white people. But then when you know Korean people saw it, they're like, wait, you're misrepresenting our food. Like, don't misrepresent our food. Oh shit! Yeah, so he deleted and took it down. Oh shit! So he's not a bad person. Yeah, at least he took it down. That, yeah, yeah, he's not a bad person. He's not an asshole. I'm just saying, like, just be somewhat responsible for the stuff that you put out. Mm-hmm. When you just create things for likes, just because you want people to 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 love you. That shit dies out real quick. Yep. You're going to get called on them. This shit super fucking fast. And it happened with him. Like he's like, oh, I bet you in his mind. He's like, what did I do wrong? You didn't. You're not an evil person. But then people will have problems with you misrepresenting their culture, especially when you're not of that culture. Yeah. You know, you couldn't. I don't like I said, I don't give a fuck about the food. I don't ever gatekeep food. I've right. had some delicious fucking Korean food from, from No, white I people. know what you're feeling because before I was telling you that there was like a small thing where I had actually felt appropriated for the first time and I felt it yeah. on a spiritual level. I was <laughs> like, what is this? And it was the same exact thing. It was somebody taking a name of something and then misrepresenting it and saying this is what it is. And I'm like, that's not what it is. And I felt like, I felt disgust, yeah. David. <laughs> that's what I felt. I felt disgust and I felt the need to like defend my honor. Yeah, That's my t- next tattoo. I, I, I was telling people, it's not about the food. Um, it's about this idea and it's just an example of this person doing it with food but everybody does it in everything that they do they go oh it, it's like a white girl being like hey how to put tracks in your hair like mm. bitch <laughs> the fuck is she, be- she better do it right yeah you, you know? better do it right you know it's like like how, I don't know how to deal with black girl's hair and it's like this white girl it's like what are you I doing mean, I would want to see I wouldn't just like you know excommunicate but doing it that, wrong but right? yeah you you said yeah you said that you he know, did it completely and, wrong and doing it wrong right it's like okay so 
yeah, it's cool if you're a hairstylist and you know what's up. But if the video is completely wrong and everybody in the comments is like, yo, so that's how you do it. So this is why it is. But all the information is wrong. Now you're completely misrepresenting a culture because now people believe you're a source of knowledge. And you're okay with that. And you shouldn't be okay with that. And you're just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, I'll be like, yo, just at least get the... Dude, a I'm Google like, search. I'm just, like low key fucking annoyed at how much we can talk. Like it just, <laughs> like, it, just it, it just keeps going. Like when you have other guests, like bro, we fucking ping pong so much. Like when you have other guests and it's just one other person, do you have to kind of like fuel it a lot? Because we just be usually a lot. We just fucking be going. That, yeah. it's almost annoying. What, what's dog. the time slot at? We had an hour or something. What? Oh, we had an hour twenty. Oh well, shit! Uh, I, all right, bye y'all. Come to the show. Now. <laughs> well, guys, hey. Come to the come to the show, the Live Genius Brain show. Yes. Tell me the date. Live Genius Brain. It's November 11th. I'm pretty sure it's on Veterans Day. You're probably already off. It's in Anaheim. Look, we kind of put it. It's look. It's a little bit of a drive, but LA can get there. Long Beach can get People there. People flying in from other states. Dude, you really? Yeah. Oh my god, I would cry, dude. And you know what? We didn't set up any meet and greet stuff. We didn't set up any merch either. Well, we don't even sell. We'll meeting. We'll see them. Yeah, yeah, Everybody yeah, vaccinated. yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. As long as everyone's vaccinated, come in. The room is pretty big. I think the room is like, you know, like like 800 or something. It might be a little bit small. Like, we might make it a little bit smaller. But there's already like a couple hundred people coming. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I can't believe it. Like, I can't believe it, David. It's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, but seriously, if you don't have your card, you will get like turned away at the door. So get 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 on it. Figure some shit out, bro. Yeah, that's the, that's the, the, the California rule right now. So, yeah. Make it happen. Genius Brains every Thursdays and Sundays until next year. Next year is going to be once a week. And then, yeah, where can they follow you, Bose? Oh, 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 oh. I'm Big Boss Bose on like most of my things. And then on YouTube, I'm Bose Does True Crime. See y'all next time. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.